This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel Is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. I'm Greg DiZalencia, CEO and founder of VA Hero. And what I love about travel is actually the travel planning part of it, because it, for me, it's a creative outlet. And I've actually had a few hundred trips that I've never um, gone on that I've planned for myself just sitting there. So it's kind of an addiction. <laughs> you just booked a trip, but you don't want to go to the tourist spots. As you probably know, this is a growing trend in the travel industry with an extremely large set of variables that truthfully require a conversation with a person. Today, you'll hear from someone who focuses on the people, the real locals guiding tourists with real experiences through a marketplace platform. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. Today, we're joined by a new co-host, Bess Chapman of JetBlue Technology Ventures. Uh, you may re- recognize her from past episodes where Bess joined us in her last role in product development. But Bess, welcome to the show. Maybe tell the tell us what you do at JetBlue. And yeah, we're really yeah. excited to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here, especially out of the Voyager offices in New York. Um, for those, I know you guys are on the radio, but it's really cool here. So just this imagine. This is the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we on the air? <laughs> WNYC. Yes. So um, as John mentioned, I was on product development at JetBlue Airways for many years where I ran the in-flight entertainment and connectivity program. So that's everything from free high-speed internet on every single aircraft, the only yes. airline in the world that has that. You're welcome. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, to the seatback TVs on every single seat, the content that went on them, etc. Really fun gig, um, but I moved over to the venture side in December. Um, so for a little bit, bit of background on JetBlue Ventures, um, it is the venture capital spinoff of JetBlue Airways. So we are a fully owned subsidiary of JetBlue Airways, and we look for startups at the intersection of travel um, and technology. And so we have about 17 portfolio companies and growing. Um, We've been around for a little over two years, um, and we're based out in Silicon Valley, which is really fun for a corporate venture office because JetBlue Airways is based in New York. I'm in New York. Famously based Famously, out of New York. Also known as New York's hometown airline. That's right. Yep. Um, I mean, I was I was cheering for y'all when you moved to Kew Gardens. Like Yeah. It's been a long time since I then, like that JetBlue history. Oh yeah. We got a real I'm fan. I'm from New York. Yeah, you got a yeah, real you got fan, a real fan here. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So, I'm the only team member um based out of New York. Everyone else is out in Silicon Valley, and I'm the operating principal, so my role is kind of twofold. Um, one, I'm working on driving innovation with within JetBlue Airways, so bringing our portfolio companies that we invest in back into JetBlue, so we're really seeing value coming out of those investments and kind of seeing where the need is within JetBlue Airways, keeping my pulse, my finger on the pulse there. Um, 
And then the other side of it is kind of driving deal flow through New York. Um, so if you're interested in, in learning more about JetBlue Ventures, check out our website. Um, it's pretty awesome, we like to think. Um, and you can learn a lot more. And I'm sure I will be shamelessly plugging it um, throughout my time as a co-host. So I'm really excited um, to join the podcast. And thanks so much for having me. We're looking forward to it. We, we're, we're actually joined by OG podcast host, Puffin Ball. <laughs> what, what does OG mean anyway? Original right? gangster. Like, no, no, I know that. Thank Did you. you know that? Thank Did you, you know for the, that? Uh, the, 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 the what is, uh, You wanted to do a JetBlue history lesson. I just wanted to make sure, sure you were. No, I appreciate that. Lesson. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on, on the show. It's been a while since I've been on mic with you guys. Yeah. Um, Bess, we're super excited to have you on. Thanks. As a co-host, like regularly going forward. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Pretty so cool. thanks for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. And we're uh, joined by Greg. How do you maintain quality control when you have locals telling people um, what they should be doing on their trip as opposed to like an accredited travel agency? Right. I mean, part of that is the beauty of being a marketplace, um, you know, where you can see ratings and reviews so people are beholden to that rather than you know a lot of times travel agents are just beholden to their commissions um so they're going to do what's right for their commissions um and not necessarily what's right um you know for you know the the customer depending on what they want to do um so you know the the ratings and reviews keeps people in check just like it does on uber airbnb but um, we've also created a training program for locals to plan great trips. And How long have you guys been around for? Uh, about a year and a half. And which markets are you serving? Uh, we're serving Cuba, Japan, and Colombia. Okay. Wow. And how many like local hosts do you have in those areas? In Cuba, we have about um, 22 right okay. now. Um, at any given time, some of them are busy. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily, you know, they're busy planning trips, not necessarily on the platform. Yeah. Um, and then in Colombia, we just launched about a month ago. And in um, Japan, we launched a few months ago. So we have about eight in each of those markets. Very cool. And can you tell us a little bit about the profile of like your average user or who you intend to be like the perfect use case for this product? Yeah, we really see two target markets. Um, you know, the the one user is the person that wants that local knowledge. Um, and there's no real good way to get that ahead of time mm -hmm. um you know there's no platform you can go and say i want a local to give me information and yeah. um head of my trip and give me recommendations so it's those you know they want access to that hidden gem and that typically tends to be your millennial or even older millennial traveler um but our other target market is the 50 and 60 year old traveler who doesn't necessarily want to be on a bus tour um, they go to travel agents a lot of times because they want somebody to figure everything out for them. Um, a lot of times they'll go on tours, but, um, they don't, they still want to be independent, right? Um, they don't necessarily want to be, you know, with a group mm -hmm. or, you know, tied to a specific itinerary the entire time. Um, they just want somebody to figure everything out for them. So they're there for the service. The younger people are there for the, the local knowledge. So how does that how does that like the experience end up working? If, mm -hmm. You know they're they're basically planning out an itinerary, but you know you don't necessarily have to do the itinerary. It's not necessarily or see them, right? Or, it yeah. seems like it's app enabled, right? It's a platform thing where you yeah. do, you communicate with these people. Yeah, so a little bit you know bigger picture of how it works. You come on the platform, come up up on our website viahero.com, 
and you enter some of your interests, you know, for that trip, whether it's coffee, art, history, museums, whatever you're looking to do. And kind of like match.com, but without the dating, like mm -hmm. our algorithm matches you with the top people mm -hmm. that have those same interests. So, you know, not everybody has a friend and, you know, not just Cuba interest, or Colombia. They, they need to be tapped in, I would assume. Yeah. Right? Like they need to know they, what's they have the same interests and they also mm -hmm. live in that area and are tapped into that network and in, in that area. I mean, we both, like John and I live in the same area, but I, like, I'm assuming I'm cooler than him. No. <laughs> so, so I, I just know more cocktail bars than John, maybe, yeah. despite his mustache. So those are pretty interesting markets. Mm -hmm. A, how did you choose those different segments to launch in? So Japan yeah. and mm -hmm. Cuba. And yeah. then how do you market to customers that you know are traveling to those destinations? Are you part of the booking flow or what does that look like? Yeah, so uh, we chose Cuba initially. It was our first market, wow. um, and I think as a as a young travel startup, you know, you start to look at user acquisition in the early days, and you're like, how how the heck am I going to do this? You know, mm -hmm. seems pretty intimidating, especially when you're competing with bigger companies. And at that time, Cuba was relatively new to U.S. travelers. The content, quite honestly. Um, wasn't that informative. There was a lot of confusion about how to travel there. So we saw an opportunity to write really good content. Mm. Um, people engaged with it. We started ranking for uh, Google search results for you know certain keywords related to Cuba. Um, so now we have this SEO playbook essentially that we've managed to replicate in Colombia and starting to replicate in Japan as well. Mm. Uh, and we chose those markets because um, you know they're places where there's some intimidation to traveling there. Mm -hmm. right. Um, right. And we saw an opportunity to be competitive from an SEO perspective in those in those places. Um, but ultimately, we will want to launch in a larger volume market. Um, and, you know, when we have the ability to to use referrals from our current, you know, customers, um, you know, we'll, we'll start to launch in places like New York City or um, Spain or Mexico, someplace that's a little bit bigger where we don't necessarily need to be competitive from an SEO perspective. Now we've, mm. uh, you know, obviously we're seeing a major shift um, towards experiential travel, right? Mm -hmm. So people just prioritizing experiences overall than mm -hmm. material purchases, right? For instance. Yeah. Um, how are you, like, I guess, how is the platform also kind of making sure that the discovery element of what these, um, I guess you would call them local guides are providing are actually matching in and making sure that there is, you know, a robust experience behind it and that mm -hmm. people want to use it in every city that they go to eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, part of that's our, our secret sauce, which is our, you know, training program. So mm -hmm. I, I started out as a, as a travel agent actually okay. 20 years ago when I was 16 I don't know if anybody remembers AAA triptychs back in the day, those little spiral-bound books that AAA travel agents would create. Um, it might be the oldest one here. That <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that remembers it. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of blank stares. <laughs> <laughs> can't see. Just still staring. Yeah, do it, do it. <laughs> but I was that nerdy 16-year-old kid that was planning, you know, road trips for, for yeah. you know, people going to Hilton Head or you know, Florida or whatever. Yeah. Um, and as I got older, I started planning trips for um, friends because they saw how obsessed I was with, with trip planning. And I uh, joined a startup and got too busy to continue planning trips. And my passive aggressive way of telling my friends no is just to mm -hmm. charge them. Um, so I started yeah. to realize, all right, 
I, I have a business and by the way, I don't have time to do this. Now I need to do it. Um, you know, continue planning trips for them. But I took a step back at one point and I said, well, what's different about what I'm doing, um, in the trip planning process and from what, you know, people are getting in a, in a tour from a travel agent or planning a trip on their own. And oftentimes it was, I would tap into the community that lived in the area that they were going to and really understood what people love to do in the area that they, um, you know, in the area that where they lived and what, what kind of experiences they enjoyed, um, and brought that to my friends and, and ultimately my, you know, customers. Um, so, you know, I created, you know, a process that I've been, we've been able to transfer to locals to mm -hmm. be able to plan, you know, great trips, um, and have that, that local experience, um, but still ensure that, you know, there's high quality. What do you look for in a local when you're, you know, how do you find somebody who has that mm -hmm. same kind of passion about mm -hmm. their area? The planning. Their, their yeah, area. yeah, sure, exactly. Sure. How do you find the 16, 16 year old version of yourself? <laughs> I was actually mentioning to Greg when he walked in, I was like, dude, by the way, are you launching in New York? Because I would love to uh -huh. do this. Like I'm, I'm into it. Like yeah, yeah. whenever somebody visits New York, it's almost a passion of mine to make sure that they know yeah. what restaurants to go to, like what neighborhoods to even walk around. Like my favorite park to have a coffee in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, totally. those real niche, niche kind of feelings of New York. I'm yeah. trying to evoke and, and bring out. Yeah. Um, you know, for us, it's finding people that know the things to do but have an involvement in the travel industry. So they also know what a traveler is looking for and perhaps a different type of traveler, the experiential traveler. Mm -hmm. um, so for us, that's might be Airbnb super hosts that, you know, are already kind of doing this on their own with their own, you know, customers that are coming to their house or telling them where to go, what to do, et cetera. Mm -hmm. A lot of them have like a little guidebook that they hand people already. Uh, mm. And it's a pretty easy sell of, hey, you're already kind of doing this. Do you want right. to get paid to yeah. do it? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, check. Yes. Well let, me, well, let me ask you this then. So a lot of it obviously is kind of pre-prepared because there's staple things that you definitely want people to know about, right? Mm -hmm, so your mm -hmm. bakeries, your this, that have been there for 20, 30 years. Yeah. But then what about stuff that's happening that weekend? So yeah. you're coming in and it's like, hey, I know about this, like this venue. If you're into like, you know, this style of music, mm -hmm. you got to check this set out or whatever it is. Like, are you going that deep into it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the locals are and it's up to each local. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. you know, partially we need to provide that template and that, you know, here's our quality, um, you know, rubric for what makes a great trip. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a marketplace. And yeah. those if somebody does a great job. They're going to get great ratings, great reviews, and they're going to continue mm. to bubble up towards the top of the marketplace mm. and get chosen over and over again. Um, so we let them have some autonomy there, um, and yeah, they, uh, they they it tends to work out for them. So they know that you know if they know about a four person quartet that's playing on the you know street corner at eight p.m. on a Sunday night, exactly. yeah. and they tell their customer about it, then they love that and they feel like they're in the know. So. Um, and that's the key right there, yeah. is right? Being in the know. Absolutely. You're going to a place that's not your home. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to feel that with an algorithm telling you what to do yeah. Um, yeah. versus a person telling you what to do. And that's why we've enabled the human-based service with tech. Yeah, like Airbnb, their whole campaign on like when you're traveling, you should be at home. 
I love that because that resonates. Mm-hmm. So I do spend a lot of my trips um, in Airbnbs because I do feel like, okay, at least I'm going home. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And um, this almost adds that extra dynamic to, mm-hmm. that, to that feeling. Yeah, um, it's like, what do you do outside of that home? And, right. and how do you, and if you feel, at, feel, yeah. feel at home, you know, home being the broader sense of, you know, in your city. Of the world, man. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, really taking their belong anywhere, yeah. you know, mantra and, and extending it to outside of the house. Coming up, you're going to hear what the needs and expectations of some people using VA here are and some anecdotes about that. Uh, but we're really going to break into also what makes this scalable and what the landscape really looks like for VA Hero. World, I'm Michelle Parr. Hello, world. I'm Stacy Eagle. And welcome to Mom's, Mom's Got, Got This. this. We got this. Oh, we are so excited to host this show. We got this. We're going to have a show Monday through Thursday, and every day we're going to be talking to one amazing guest who also happens to be a mom. But every day we're going to be asking them about different parts of their life. What inspires them? What makes them happy? What makes them sad? What did they do before they made it? And most of all, their mom journey. Because these women have really made it. They really have. And they're all moms. Which is, I think, amazing in itself. Like being a mom is already a full-time job. It's a full-time job. And there's highs and there's lows. And we're busy and we're juggling. And these are all working moms. Mm-hmm. So we want to hear their stories. What inspires them? What gets them down? What are the products they use and the recipes to make life easy? What products do they like? What they don't like? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I'm so excited about this. Every episode, we're actually going to hear from you guys, the listeners, because we want to hear your mom's got this moment. We want to hear about why your mom. So we want you to join us Monday through Thursday every week. And don't forget to subscribe. So make sure you go to our website, momsgotthispodcast.com. And use our hashtag. Mom's got this. Premieres May 14th on Mouth Media Network and sponsored in part by luxury footwear brand Tamara Mellon. Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. Greg, you brought us a snack today. I sure did. What do you got? <laughs> wow, how, how quick. How Listen, quick. one question to, hey, snack time. <laughs> so I heard you brought food. <laughs> I'm really hungry. So what do yes. you got? <laughs> uh, you're, you're in luck because it's a very caloric snack. Uh, so we just launched in Colombia, and I stopped at uh, La Dulce Vida on the Upper East Side and yeah. brought some pan de bono. Has anybody ever heard of pan de bono? Tell us wow. everything. It's basically um, wow. it's definitely some bread. cheese bread. Some oh, yum. Very Throw it on. Yeah. Oh. coming in hot. <laughs> yeah, man. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Oh, this is great. You love a good roll in the morning. Yeah, this is like good timing. <laughs> so you want to hear the story behind Pondabono? Yes, please. It's an interesting story. So there's an Italian guy, you know, selling these things on the street in Bogota back in the day. And he used to yell, Panda de Bueno. 
or Bono, or you know, however you say that mm -hmm. in Italian, my horrible Italian accent. Um, and yeah, yeah, and he's kept you know calling it Panda Bono, and people you know spread throughout the country, and and you know it's a Colombian you know baked good that is uh, created by an Italian guy. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I just found out like um, macaroons are they're a bit, like from france are actually mm -hmm. originally from italy really <laughs> weirdly shocking yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like my... all good foods from italy apparently yeah and serio <laughs> mind blown uh, huh so really interesting interested to hear since you've been in the industry for a very long time how have you seen the needs and expectations of the traveler change yeah i mean you know the internet's changed it a lot um and you know 20 30 years ago you know there's still an intimidation about you know where do i go what do i do how do i do it how to figure all that out um and you know the the travel agent was there to help them out um and then travel agents you know started to make less revenue through commissions you know the flight commissions got cut in the 90s and you know they've had to sort of pivot more towards um, selling um, package tours and cruises and, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and people started to, you know, go on Expedia, go on TripAdvisor, figure out what to do. Um, and as people were enabled to figure out what to do on their own, um, they started to really want to dive in a little bit more culturally. That's where we have this experiential travel movement and even transformative travel uh, movement recently. Um, and they wanna, they wanna go deeper. It's not just enough to travel to a country and observe. They really wanna see the country through the lens of that culture mm -hmm. and gain more of a perspective. Right. You know, you can gain some perspective by observing and um, you gain a deeper perspective by um, actually <laughs> living in it so true yeah and that's very of this generation i feel like if they <laughs> were sure. if they were yeah. to have a slogan that would be it yeah i, I yeah. also think there's another layer to it right like i almost want to like hang out with my host sometimes yeah. right if it is a match in fact <laughs> oh, like yeah. do you, are you seeing some of that like where the hosts are actually like hey look i'm going to this party tonight mm -hmm. um, it'll mm -hmm. be good there's gonna be good people here like you and your wife should come check it out mm -hmm. you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it, is that happening yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, so as you alluded to before, it is a digital relationship. Um, it's yeah. set up as a digital relationship between the uh, the local we mm -hmm. call a hero um, mm. and the the traveler. But um, that local, because they live in that area, they have a rich network, and you know, if they know something that's going on, whether yeah. it's a concert that you know their friends putting mm -hmm. on, you know, we have a uh, one of the, our heroes is a DJ in, in Havana, mm -hmm. um, is really tapped into the local music scene. So he's like, Hey, I have the show. Do you want to come? Um, you know, so sometimes they do meet, but oftentimes Absolutely. it's, you know, it's not necessarily part of the, the thing. Um, but they know people in that area so they can, you know, connect them to people doing interesting things that are in their, uh, you know, wheelhouse of what they want to do. Is most of the activity or the communication on the platform happening prior to the trip or is it during mm -hmm. the trip? Is it more like, like more like how are they using this platform? Yeah. So typically between two weeks and two months before they, their trip, they engage with the, the hero. They request a, a mm -hmm. trip plan from the hero. 
the first thing that happens is they start communicating and figuring out what they want to do, sort of what they've researched so far, what bookings they've made so yeah. far. Because um, everyone has the internet. Yeah. Like they can do these things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, and that's not necessarily even a trivial yeah, yeah, thing yeah. In, in Cuba, for sure. But yeah, that is a requirement. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. Um, but uh, after about a week of engaging with them and, you know, kind of taking in what that person wants to do, they build a personalized guidebook for them. Okay. Um, and that guidebook includes recommendations and itinerary, all the recommendations for bookings to make um dinner and, reservations and you guys are making the template for these guidebooks exactly so are make they the, modular they're they're exactly they're modular and flexible and even the traveler can nice. edit them in the moment as well That's so cool. you know they can move monday to tuesday because monday is a rainy day and they're supposed to go to yeah, the beach yeah, yeah. or whatever so cool uh, it's it's the nice balance between flexible and having everything figured out for you. I'm taking care of my nephews this weekend. Um, they're <laughs> 10 and 11, right? And I'm figuring out what the weekend plan is. And I literally have to be like, all right, well, it's going to be 58, but it might rain a little bit tonight. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. I need Weather an indoor facts. plan and an outdoor plan so these motherfuckers yeah. don't get uh -huh. like all like antsy and like, what are we going to do now? Like, yeah. oh, this sucks. It's boring, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm dealing yeah. with this. And that's the difference. I mean, tour. It's <laughs> a really tough time for you. <laughs> But, you know, when you're on a tour, a lot of times you're on this train, right? And, it, you know, some tours do a great job at being flexible. And uh, I know you had Eduardo from G Tours on a few weeks ago. And, you know, they do a great job putting on, you know, flexible cultural experiential tours. Um, but a lot of times you're on this train and mm -hmm. you want to get off of the, the track yeah, at a, right. a certain stop and, and you can't. Um, so this allows mm -hmm. you to be independent but have everything at your fingertips, all available in an app. Uh, offline you don't need any data uh, to access it and and maps is really the game changer nobody realizes mm. how valuable the maps are mm. um, so you just give them a, a, a map with pins all the recommendations that were made yeah, and that's offline option as well. offline yeah so no data needed either just GPS but is there a point to which the the data that you're collecting on somebody's like personal preferences mm -hmm. and you know kind of what was typical of of their type of experience based on their basically what's the data behind it is there an opportunity i know the the heroes can essentially be your customer support which is an asset but mm -hmm. you also see a lot of people trying to do itinerary planning and um and and trip planning around like ai functions and machine learning so mm -hmm. absolutely you know is there a point of data that you're seeing consistent trends or is it john know, data's day? dead starting may 1st in europe <laughs> yeah, I guess with the uh, GDPR, but the um, it's an inside joke I'm not aware of apparently. <laughs> oh, the the GDPR was uh, uh, how you handle data. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. basically the opt out right uh, yeah. option yeah. now gotcha, in terms gotcha, of like gotcha. if yeah mm -hmm. if I'm living anywhere in the union over there mm -hmm. I could just interesting out so of wipe it flush. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, you have to handle the data across all your systems. Mm -hmm. You got to be. GDPR compliant. I think it's the acronym, right? GDPR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, but I'm curious if there is a consistent trend that you're seeing, mm -hmm. um, or if that's even being collected, or if it's all just in chat. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is in in chat. We do collect their interest, obviously, and their budget, and you know what they're interested in in doing and seeing. We collect that data up front, um, but we let the the heroes sort of take that data in and figure out what's what's right for them right now we have a database of all the recommendations that they've all made mm. which makes it easy for them to sort of drag and drop you know these recommendations in the guidebook and arrange it in a way that makes That's it cool. easy 
um, for them to build these itineraries and build these guidebooks pretty quickly. Right. Um, but they're <laughs> sorry, my hands were going crazy. I was that was my API uh, movement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's sign language. You, for yeah, API, that was sign actually. language for APIs <laughs> coming to your platform. Uh, do, you, do, do you like API into like, so if I have a list on salt or like whatever I use to have like my restaurant lists, can I as a host now bring that in so I can, how are you thinking about that side? Because I could see this being very valuable for the host to actually have a depository of everything they're thinking about when and like mm -hmm. what they like to, it's essentially a reflection of their own personality and what mm -hmm. they like to do, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and to be honest, even though we've had, you know, a few thousand travelers use V here up to this mm -hmm. point, very few trips have had the same requirements, you know, the same budget, same number of people, yeah. the same cities on the same days of the week you know there's so many variables there but uh, and sir, and you collect enough data you can you can automate sure. some of that but what but if i can don't. bring in my full like foursquare mm -hmm. list mm -hmm. into this or my, into again, the system yeah. yeah yeah are you thinking about that are you doing that so we are thinking about collecting data on our own and mm -hmm. being able to notice trends of what people said they're interested in the recommendations that were made and which recommendations they they liked um and eventually you collect enough data you can feed that into a machine learning algorithm and spit out an automated itinerary um based off of that um but no we haven't really considered to be honest the you know pulling in uh somebody's list existing list from an api or anything yeah. like that people when they come on like when they 150 right when they come on the platform the the when they come on the platform they look at our database see all right are all my recommendations already in here? If they're not, they put them in, you know, as they're building yeah. the first couple of trips. So the first couple of trips but, take a little bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it doesn't, so it doesn't necessarily idea. need to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a few different relationships I want to introduce you to. Like one being Foursquare. Mm -hmm. um, do you guys use Foursquare? Does anyone mm -hmm. use Foursquare? I used to. <laughs> it's surprisingly. It was so yeah. much fun. They pivoted quite a bit though, right? I met yeah. with them. They seem like they're still active. Like people use it. Like yeah. it is, and well, they're good. Yeah, play, they're like, good. Really held them up too, because they sourced yeah. the data to so many. Yeah, they had sources. a bit of a lull, right, for a while, mm -hmm. and now it's pretty active again. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, something like that, an integration there, then it's like <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't have to rethink about the things I visited and liked, and mm -hmm. like you know get excited. Yeah, you don't about have to because and put it and put that manually into well, the system too. It, you know, and and look with a with a city like like a mega city like what mm -hmm. you're talking about with Tokyo or or you know Hong Kong, New York, mm -hmm. like we go to to restaurants like once or like twice if it's really good because mm -hmm. there's always something new opening mm -hmm. and you're trying to check it out yeah right? yeah, yeah so like FOMO, not all the you time don't miss out on the new thing and well or it's just like i experience something different. you know there's there's so many great options why not yeah. see something new is is yeah. more so like that's some of the people's some folks's appetite so mm -hmm. like not all the times do i remember this restaurant <laughs> that was insanely incredible and quaint mm -hmm. but i just I never yeah. went back, not for, yeah. you know, and it's yeah, not yeah. top of mind. But if I had my list that's just pulled in, then it's easier for me to yeah. to then decipher and like, yeah, 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 yeah and that like makes Google it more map. scalable. Yeah, yeah. What's the the like defensibility of this? You know, what's the the I mean, the moat, to get it, yeah, if exactly. you will. <laughs> yeah. What is the moat? John made sense. a moat, uh, <laughs> sign language for moat. Now API and, and we have moat, API and sign moat. language. For, so for ASL people out there that <laughs> didn't have those yeah. signs before, we, we've got them. Just get in we've, touch with us. <laughs> yes. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, part of it is is brand and getting you know scalability and escape velocity you know fast enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of it is you know taking that um, great experience at Secret Sauce of you know what what makes a great experience while you're you're traveling in a destination, and how does a local impact that great experience and teaching locals how to do that you know that that rubric and that um that process that we've developed and that training essentially of a training program for the locals when they come on the platform because some of them come from you know their airbnb hosts or their former tour guides or they're just people like yourself who are just passionate about Mm -hmm. their city you know their country um and know a lot about it um but you know, in order to get them to provide great trips, kind of need to train them to to do that and, and mm-hmm. let them know what what does make a great trip. How do the economics work? Because I am interested in this. Um, I think it's a really cool way to have some like residual income. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as a host. Yeah. Right. Just by doing stuff that I'm passionate about, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Like, how does does this move the needle? Like, what? Like, how does this work? Yeah. Um, and it, 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 you know, depends on what country you're in and sort of your personal economic situation, whether it moves the needle for you or not, just like Uber or Airbnb does. But Greg, that was a fantastically political response and it makes complete sense. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely I didn't tell you I'm running you're for right. office, right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> Greg yes. Valencia said a council yeah. 20 no, I, um, I agree fully. <laughs> no, I, uh, um, yeah, the, the economics right now are that, um, the traveler pays a flat fee per day um, to have their trip planned by the local. So it's $25 for a basic plan, which includes, um, you know, consulting, building that personal guidebook and arranging anything on the ground that they need arranged, whether it's a driver, they need mm. a tour guide for a day or um, need a local chef to come to the Airbnb to cook them dinner. Oh, cool. You know, sort of the sky's the limit because the local has access to just about anything that you'd want to do. Um and then the premium plan allows you to have the the maps and the navigation and also be able to have uh, access to the, the local on the phone um, during your trip. So you, you can ask them questions, you know, run into an emergency mm-hmm. or, you know, just want sort of a concierge during your trip. And that's twenty five dollars while you're traveling. Right. But then you get that pre uh, trip support as well with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the premium is thirty five dollars per and day. And how does it work for the hosts on the flip side? Yeah, so they make between uh, seventy five and and sixty percent of that that fee. Wow. And then, and then we the, take rest the rest goes to as an mm-hmm. admin fee. Okay. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we're gonna get to know Greg a little bit more with off the beaten path. Do you remember what we used to say about running? Oh, somebody bigger had to chase you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when... Something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner. One that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name is Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing. 
I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. And I'll talk with experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train. You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard. Everything's trainable, whether it's run form, strength. That's all trainable, and so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this. All right, let's get into Off the Beaten Path with the help of our trusty airline personnel. We'll find out who's coming up first. Your attention, please. Passenger Pavan Mall, please come to the information counter. And that's you, Pavan. Oh, fantastic. That is my name. Um, I'm curious to hear. So I'll keep it in the the travel context, I guess. Sure. Um, As a kid, do you remember um, a trip, whether domestic or internationally, that really changed your perspective on how you live? How I live? Heavy. Yeah. Deepest. (laughs) Bluest. You know, I, I, I grew up, I don't want to say poor, but, you know, not not able to travel internationally a lot actually um but you know my my dad sort of you know griswold family style like decided at the last moment to to travel across the country to to arizona and drive there grand canyon and you know we stayed in flagstaff for a week you grew up in grand canyon oh sorry where to grow up Uh, youngstown ohio okay so that is quite the trip yeah 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 i mean three or four days to get there i forget but um and I hated my dad. I was 16. I hated him <laughs> for doing that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I had to like uproot my friends, you know, uproot myself from my friends. And I was, you know, yeah. dating somebody at the time, you know, like a three week relationship. Oh, 16 and, year old love. Oh, man. yeah. I That's was deep. like deep in puppy love at that yeah. point. And uh, yeah, I was basically had to break up with her in order yeah. to go on this family trip. Um, but, you know, during that trip, I really like, opened my eyes to you know not only the the you know the beauty that's in the world because obviously the grand canyon is a a gorgeous place and out west a gorgeous place but even within our country there's so Mm -hmm. many different cultures and so many different experiences people talk about having to travel internationally and you know brag about Mm -hmm. how the number of countries that they've been to um, but really, you know, there's a whole different culture out West and a whole different culture in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. and Maine and, and everywhere. And, um, really embracing that and realizing that I didn't have to travel to some far off land to experience a different culture, a different perspective. So, yeah, for sure. Big, beautiful country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Attention passenger, John Matson report to gate 22. Oh, and that's me. Um, Thank you, airline personnel. Appreciate it. Putting me on the spot. Um, you know, you, you said you grew up in Ohio. Mm-hmm. If there was one place based on your experiences traveling now that you could have grown up, where where would that be? Oh, wow. Going extra deep today. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would... Uh, I would say somewhere in Europe in the mountains. I absolutely love, you know, being surrounded by mountains and having great, you know, easy access to them and 
in Europe, a lot of, there's a lot of places you can live and live right at the foot of the mountain, whether it's Chamonix or Zermatt or, you know, somewhere else. So, um, you're a climber, yeah. right? Yeah, climb, I climb up things and ski down them if there's oh. snow. <laughs> ski down. Anything, ski down buildings. <laughs> you know. Attention passengers, Best Chapman, Best Chapman, your party is waiting at gate 15. So what's the one thing you always bring with you when you travel, your non-negotiable item? A uh, water bottle. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so never, simple. I, that is so never, simple. Never pay for water anywhere. That actually is clutch. <laughs> I agree fully. I've been asked this before. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> no, he's very passionate about it. Yeah, no. it he's like, nah. Strict. That's my buddy. <laughs> that, that's it. That's my water bottle. Always, always in my hand. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Thanks for talking with us today, Greg. Uh, is there a final thought you'd like to share? Something about you know what we've talked about today or just your experiences overall with travel or via hero yeah i mean i i think the beauty of travel is being able to gain different perspectives you know in every place that you go to and when you bring those perspectives home um that can you know affect and change not only your lives but the people around you because you're more tolerant and open-minded to to different perspectives so uh yeah i really feel like travel changes the world so get out there and do it <laughs> Awesome. And how would people get in touch with you or the work you're doing with Via Hero? Yeah. So you can check out the website, viahero.com. It's V-I-A-H-E-R-O.com. Feel free to contact us there. We have a little chat bubble in the lower right-hand corner. And uh, yeah, we're happy to answer anybody's questions. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, for my co-host, Beth Chapman. Great. Thanks so much, everyone, and talk to you next time. And pop and ball. Shake it easy, guys. I'm your host, John Madsen, and bon voyage. This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show, or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.